0: going to pray for us and then I'll go into our text for today. God, we just thank you so much for your goodness. God, thank you that you use every moment, every situation for your good and for your glory. And Lord, we just pray right now that you would speak to us. Lord, help us to hear what it is that you want us to say. And we pray this in your son, Jesus name. Amen. Our text for today is going to be in the book of Nehemiah, and I'm going to be reading from the NLT version, and I'll start at chapter 2, and I'll read verses 1 through verse 8. Everybody doing all right? All right, y'all ready to hear from the Lord? Yes, sir. All right, uh, Nehemiah chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Early the following spring in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me, you must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified, but I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? for the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it please the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king with the queen sitting beside him asked, how long will you be gone? when will you return? After I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. Verse eight says, and please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, Instructing him to give me timber, I will need to make beams for the gates of the temple's fortress, for the city walls, and for a house for myself. And the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. I'm going to read that last part again. And the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was upon me. I don't know if any of you know this about me but I'm not from Memphis. Um, Actually, in January, it'll be six years that I have lived in the city of Memphis. But I wanna take you back a little bit. Um, About six years ago, I felt like the Lord was telling me and my wife felt this as well. We felt like the Lord was telling us that we were supposed to leave Texas, the place that I was born and raised, the place that we were currently living and we were supposed to come to the city of Memphis. Now, mind you, I had never been to Memphis. I didn't know anyone here. I didn't have a job lined up. I didn't have permanent housing, did not have anything set up except for a hotel that we were gonna live in. So we came here January of 2017. We had one daughter. She was not even a year old. We came, we lived in a hotel and through, those steps of obedience god did some miraculous things i I could talk to you all for an hour and tell you all all the things that god did but i I just want to highlight some key points um god provided housing for us first starting with a couple that we never met and they allowed us to come and stay in their home for six weeks after we ran out of money for the hotel i was able to get funding to go to a conference called the Downline Summit. I had never heard of it, but someone in Texas told me that I should go to that. I went to that and I met Vincent Joplin, I met Kenan Vaughn, I met Damon Conley, and those men were instrumental in helping me to get established, to get accustomed, to get help when I moved here to Memphis. And then March of that same year, I was able to finally secure uh, gainful employment. So from January to March, I did not have a job. I was going every day to the public library in Cordova and looking up on the computer jobs. Um, do y'all know not even FedEx hired me. I applied to FedEx on more than one occasion and everybody gets hired at FedEx. But but for some reason, God didn't allow that door to open. But I I, I just wanna share that to say that to sum up the entirety of that testimony, I could tell you that it was the favor of God that was on my life. It wasn't anything that I did to earn it. It wasn't anything that I did to deserve it, but because God gave me favor, God allowed me to help my family have food to eat. He allowed us to have a place to stay. He gave me a job that I love, that I was, I, I feel like I would have done it for free and God really blessed that in our time there as well. And as we are in this series, Genesis to Revelations, God at work. We're gonna look at the book of Nehemiah. We're gonna talk about chapters two and chapters three in the book of Nehemiah. And to sum up chapter two and chapter three of Nehemiah, it's a lot like my story that I just shared. Chapter two and chapter three of Nehemiah, if you wanna sum them up, it's this. God had favor on Nehemiah. God worked through the favor that he gave Nehemiah. So we're gonna look at this and we're gonna see why it's important for us to understand how God uses favor to accomplish the will and the task that he has for us to do. So Nehemiah, he comes on the scene. He he is burdened with the responsibility of rebuilding his hometown. He's burdened with the responsibility of giving his people a place that they can go back and worship the Lord. He he comes to the place of finding out in chapter one, what's going on, how things are going with, with their beloved hometown, their beloved home country. And he gets the news that the, the town is not doing well, it's in ruin, there's nobody living there, it's desolate, the walls are torn down, the, the gates have been burned. And the Bible says that Nehemiah was grieved because of the condition of the town and because his people were not able to truly worship God the way that they the way that God intended. So chapter 1 ends with Nehemiah finding this out and from the end of chapter 1 when Nehemiah finds out about the state of Jerusalem to the beginning of chapter 2 is 4 months. And that's important and we'll we'll talk about that later. So what I want us to see today is that God was still at work through the favor that he showed Nehemiah. And here's our question for us today. Where is God giving you favor in your life? God gives all of us favor, especially those who are believers. And God uses that favor not for us to get better. A lot of times we think of favor and it's like Houses, cars, material things, but God gives us favor as well to accomplish his will, to accomplish the task, the work that he wants us to do. So where is God showing you favor in your life? Where is he doing supernatural things, not for your benefit, but for his glory? If we look at the the life of Nehemiah, we see that God showed favor in every area of Nehemiah's life in order for the work that God wanted to get done to happen. So the first way that God shows favor in the life of Nehemiah was in his prayer. Nehemiah prays this prayer and mind you, he's praying this prayer while he's talking to the king. So the Bible says he's talking to the king. The king says, what's wrong? He's terrified, but he says, I'm going to continue to ask and talk to him about what I want. And what's what's great about that is Nehemiah was able to be bold in his prayer. He wasn't like, hey, king, you know, everything's pretty good, you know, nothing too major. He was bold. He said, King, why should I feel happy when my town is in ruin, when the place of my ancestors is destroyed? So he's bold and honest in his request to the king. And one thing for us to know is if we really want help in our situations, it's important that we're honest, it's important that we're vulnerable and that we're upfront about what we need. A lot of times we're going through things and people say, hey, how you doing? I'm fine. Hey, how's the family? We're good. How's work? Everything's okay. But in reality, it's like, man, I'm struggling, man. My job is, they look like they about to fire me. My family's acting crazy. My health is is, she, is shaky. Like, I don't know what's going on, right? My kids are acting crazy. Maybe my wife not getting along. Like, I'm in trouble I need some help but a lot of times we just say "Hey, everything's good no no worries here but Nehemiah was bold and he took a risk and in, in being honest about what he needed and God also shows favor in this prayer because the Bible says that the king grants his request the king gives him everything that he asked for. Isn't that amazing? This pagan king who has no relationship with God, who doesn't know the, the importance of the, the city of Jerusalem to the people of Israel, he says, hey, everything you asked for, I'm going to give it. I, to me, that's that shows God was giving him favor. But not only that, Nehemiah, because of Nehemiah's confidence that God was with him, Nehemiah doesn't let his fear stop him. A lot of times we feel like if I'm afraid, then maybe that's not God. If I'm afraid, God's not in this. But because fear is present, that doesn't mean that favor is absent from the situation. God gave him favor despite his fear. He, he didn't stop and say, ah, uh, what if the king gets mad at me? Because he could have died. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a, an offense that could have had him killed to, to appear sad in the presence of the king. But then to go further and say, hey, this is actually what's going on. I got a lot of stuff on my heart. My, my hometown is destroyed. I really need some money and some finances and some funds and some resources. Um, he could have been killed, but because of the favor of God, his fear did not stop him from achieving the goal that God wanted him to achieve. He 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 receives his favor. He He doesn't stop because of his fear. And he even prays on the behalf of others. Now, let me ask y'all this. If God came, if, if someone came to you and they said, hey, blank check, whatever you need, I'm going to do it right now. How many of us will say, you know what? There's some homeless people that I really need to go give this to. Uh, there's some people in the community that are struggling. Uh, you know what? There's some some families that I know of that could use some backpacks. He, he, he takes this opportunity to pray for people that are not himself. He could have said, hey, King, you know what? The, the house I'm in right now is, is really not working out. I need some room for my flat screens. I want to be able to watch this game and that game. But he says, no, king, I want to restore the country of my people so that we can all go back and worship. God gave him favor because God knew that the heart that Nehemiah had was not just for himself, but for his people. But then it's important that we see this. Nehemiah was consistent in his prayer for four months. Nehemiah prays continually for the people, for the town, for the opportunity to come back and worship the Lord. Consistently for four months, when was the last time that you prayed four months straight for something? Sometimes I, I, sometimes I pray for like a day or two, four days would be like, you know, I'm, I'm doing good. But four months, like every day for four months, when it feels like, man, it's been a month and nothing's happened. It's been 2 months and it's still like I'm still here. It's been 3 months and our town is still destroyed. But for 4 months, he prays. And le- let me tell us something. When when we take the time to consistently pray, when we are habitual in our prayer, what God does is he takes those those desires, those requests, those needs and and he marinates them and and he works on them. And so those those desires, those needs, they become a part of our conversation. Every time I'm having a conversation, hey, you know, whenever I get a chance to go back to Jerusalem, I'm going back. Whenever I get the opportunity to rebuild, man, it's gonna be great. We're gonna do some great stuff. It's gonna affect my conversation, but it's also gonna affect how I work, how I live, how I treat others, how I spend time with God. God, I'm coming back to you again in prayer today, because yesterday we had some good time in prayer, but I need to hear from you again. I need to know that you're still with me. I need to know that you're still gonna do this thing that I'm asking you to do. God, it's been a while, but I'm still trusting that you're gonna do what you told me you're gonna do. So he's consistent in his prayer and we see God gives him favor in his prayer, but God also gives him favor in his preparation. For four months, Nehemiah has thought about every detail that's gonna be needed. He's thought about every piece of wood, He's thought about the plan, who's going to be where, who's going to do what, what am I going to ask, when am I going to say it, what words am I going to use, what time am I going to go to the king. He knows all of this stuff because he spent time in preparation. If we want the favor of God in our lives, it takes preparation. If if you're saying, God, I want to start a business, but we're not doing the work, the research to find out what that's going to look like, God's not going to bless that. We're gonna be on our own with our own strength, with our own abilities, and God won't have any favor on that. Nehemiah had all the details planned out because he spent time preparing. <clears throat> Proverbs 16:3 says, Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. A lot of times we make our plans and then we're like, hey, God, bless this. I'm on my way out, make sure it's, it's everything good. But God's like, no, come to me, pray to me, spend time with me consistently so that you can be prepared. Um, I was looking at my my wife's Instagram. She was showing me some, some videos that she was making. And, and one of them, she had this quote and it said, we stay ready so we don't have to be ready. And or, so we don't have to get ready. And a lot of times when an opportunity has come, it's too late to prepare for it. It's important that if we want the favor of God in our finances, in our marriage, on our jobs, in our communities, with our friends, in our businesses, it's important that we take time and prepare so that when those opportunities come, God has given us an opportunity that we can take advantage of. We, We cannot waste time when God gives us favor. Nehemiah didn't say, hey king, I'll be right back. Give me about 24 hours. I have my list of stuff that I need. Literally in the conversation, the king says, what do you need? And Nehemiah's like, I need this, 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 and this. I need letters for the governors. I need timber for the wood. I need soldiers to come with me because some people are going to be acting crazy when they see me trying to do this work. He's already prepared because he spent time getting ready for the opportunity that he knew God was going to give him. God gives him favor. In his prayer favor in his preparation but god also gives him favor with the people verse 17 and 18 nehemiah has he's gotten his letters from the king he's gotten the resources he's gotten the timber and look what he says in verse 17 he's talking to the people he says but now i said to them you know very well what trouble we're in he's he's talking about the state of jerusalem he says, Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. He says, y'all, this is, this is a shame. Our hometown is in disgrace, it's torn down. And he, so he's, he's appealing to their, their Jewish culture, but also the mandate from God for them to, to value and restore the, 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 the city that they had gotten destroyed. Verse 18 says, then I told them about how gracious the hand of God had been on me. There's that phrase again. And about my conversation with the king. And Look what they say. They replied at once. Yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. Because God gave him favor with the king, because God gave him favor in his preparation, the favor with the people was easy. The people could see his passion, the people could see his plan, the people could see his preparation. And so for the people, it was like, yeah, we'll get on board with that. But how many of us have had an opportunity to influence people with something that was good, but we weren't ready? We didn't have the plan together. People were like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, he got a lot of questions we need answered. We don't know if that's going to work out. He had all of these things lined up, and because of that, he was given favor with the people. All of them said, we'll work. Now this had been abandoned for over 20 years. Nobody had had taken up the the mindset of saying, hey, let's go back and rebuild this temple. Let's go back and rebuild this city, this wall. But because Nehemiah takes the initiative and he has the favor of God, God gets in favor with the people as well. And look what happens. They all agree. Nobody is like well, you know, I don't really do walls. I could do like floors. Everybody's like, yeah, whatever you need us to do, we'll do it, right? And a lot of times in our culture today, it's, it's more of a consumer mindset than a compassionate one. A consumer mindset says, give me, do for me, serve me, make me comfortable. But a compassionate mindset says, I care enough to do something about this situation. Nehemiah was saying, hey, we've been comfortable for long enough. It's time for us to get up and do something about this. And the same thing is, is true for us today. There's work that God wants all of us to do. There's work for all of us to be involved in old, young, male, female, black, white, poor, rich. It doesn't matter what the it doesn't matter what part of town you live in. It doesn't matter where you work, what your connections are none of us should be so comfortable that we think somebody else should handle that work. When it comes to the kingdom of God, it's all hands on deck. When it comes to building up what God wants to restore, it's up to the people of God to make sure that that, that, that takes place. He gets in favor with the people, but then God is so good, God even gets him favor with his problems. Verse 19, so they're, they're, they're excited. They got this momentum going. Things are going well. And look what happens in verse 19 and 20. It says, but when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arab, heard of our plan, they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king, they asked? You ever, you ever had somebody when you was growing up, like when you was in school, and they was like, Oh, what trying y'all say? Y'all about to try to fight? It's like, man. So now the teacher's looking at you like, man, you a troublemaker. And all the kids like, oh. That's exactly what these people are doing. They're like, y'all y'all trying to rebel against the king? Nehemiah already had authority from the king. So they was just trying to stir up mess, cause confusion. Look at verse 20. Um, Nehemiah tells him, he says, the God of heaven will help us succeed. So he says, I ain't worried about y'all. He says, we, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall but you have no share, no legal right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. Wow. Mikey broke out the lawyer terms on him. He was like, <laughs> legally y'all don't even have nothing to do over here. You don't, you don't have no right here. You don't have no historic significance. He said, y'all have no reason y'all need to be over here. So a lot of times we can feel like, man, our problems come up, man. I'm going to have to go ahead and pack it in. Man, God ain't going to be in this no more. This person's too mean. This person's too bad. They made too many threats that are kind of scary. But even in our problems, God can still give us favor. Even in the midst of opposition, God's plans don't have to stop. Unless we choose to stop or unless we say I'm too scared to go on, God's work can still get done when people don't want it to. God gets in favor even in the midst of his problems. So as soon as the people in verse 18 say, we're gonna to commit to this work, in verse 19, they're like, oh, no, you're not. Yeah. And that's a good reminder for us too. As soon as we commit to doing anything good, anything worthwhile, the enemy's gonna be right there. As hard as, as we might work for the kingdom of God, the enemy works just as hard. He don't stop working. He looks for people who can who can get discouraged easily. He looks for people who trying to do it all on their own. He looks for people who, who have problems letting go of their past, fear, fearing guilt or shame or, or doubt. Oh man, it didn't work last time. Maybe I'm gonna fail again. Right? So these 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 agitators, these these haters, they come and they're trying to stop the work. And if you read in the text, it says they were deeply troubled because Nehemiah had a mind to help the well-being of the children of Israel. So what that means is, if Nehemiah was coming to hurt them, to cause them harm, they would have been cool with it. Sometimes people would rather see us down. They they, they find when when we're struggling, when we need something, but as soon as God starts doing work in our life, as soon as he starts restoring things and building things up, it's like, oh, oh now they, you know, look at him, he think he all that, he think he, I, I, remember, I remember when he used to ask me for money. I, I, remember when, I remember when all his kids was acting crazy. I remember when he got fired from his job. They wanna bring up all the stuff that makes us feel like we're not good enough, or that makes them feel like they're still better than us. But we can't let those problems, we can't let those kinds of people stop us from experiencing the favor of God. So God gives them the favor, even in the midst of these these problems. But if you look at another translation, it says that they they were mocked and despised by the opposition. So not only were they made fun of, but it was like it was like hate dripping off the words. Like man, he know he don't even know how to use a ladder. Man, he know he not even smart enough to get to get all these people to work together, and Imagine coming to work every day and somebody's standing right across the street. Hey man, you know, you know that wall look crooked. Look at that, that rock It's kind of sticking out. It ain't even straight. Man, you know you don't even know how to do that. Man, that wall gonna fall down again. Y'all just wasting y'all time. Every single day, just trying to discourage them. Just trying to pull them down. And a lot of times, we deal with the same stuff in our lives. It may not be verbal. But we hear, we hear the, the things that we think people are saying or that we say about ourselves. You're not good enough. You, you're a mess up. All you do is make mistakes. You're too old. You're too young. You're too fat. You're too ugly. You're too damaged. You're too black. You're too poor. All of the things you're too dirty for God to do anything with. All of the things that the enemy tries to make us think are true in order for us to stop the work, in order for us to not move forward in spite of the issues, in spite of the opposition, in spite of the, the problems, the fear, the doubt. Satan always is working to try and stop us from experiencing the favor of God. But God's favor is bigger than Satan. Yes, sir. God's favor is bigger than the opposition. God's favor is bigger than whatever people might say about you as a naysayer. The last thing we see, God gives them favor in the productivity, in the production. Chapter three is just filled with them doing the work on the wall. And then the first 12 verses is so cool because it says, and so-and-so worked next to so-and-so. And so-and-so worked next to so-and-so. And as that, and as you read into chapter three, you see this picture of all the people forming a wall around the city, a wall of people. So before the physical wall was built up, there was a wall of people surrounding the city. So-and-so was working next to so-and-so. And so-and-so was working next to so-and-so. So-and-so was working next to so-and-so. What that was a symbol of is that they were being rebuilt spiritually. They were being rebuilt internally, even before the wall, the physical wall, got put up. And I want us to know and be reminded that when we work together, when the people of God are united, when we're on the same accord, when we're on the same mindset with the same vision, the same goal, great work gets done. The kingdom of God advances, the enemy gets afraid. People, the haters are nervous. They're like, oh man, they are going faster than we thought. We didn't have any time to, to gather all the people that's gonna throw rocks at them. They're, they're, they're working together for the same goal. Nobody's like, hey, I wanna be digging where they're gonna take the pictures at. Nobody's like, hey, I wanna be the supervisor because at my last job, I was this. Everybody's like, hey, we're gonna get involved. We're gonna do the work. Nobody had an ego. Nobody was entitled. Nobody was like, why did they get to be on that department? Why do they get to be on that committee? Everybody was committed to doing the work and great things happen because of that. But also, when they're working together, you get time to talk to each other, to encourage each other. Hey, how your kids doing? Hey man, yeah, you know what, last week it was a struggle. They got time to pray for each other, they got time to celebrate with each other, to grieve with each other, because that fellowship was not only building the wall, it was building them up as a people, as a group, because they were spending that time together. And that's really what the enemy doesn't want. He doesn't want us to fellowship. He wants us to feel isolated. He wants us to feel like I can't work with them because they did this to me or I can't work with them because they're going to think this about me. But that's exactly what the enemy wants, because when we're divided, no work is done. But when we're united, God's plan moves forward. God's plan was so clear and evident to Nehemiah that and to the people, they they didn't focus on the things that they didn't have. None of them had built a wall before. None of them had perfect circumstances. They were out in the sun, in the open, building this wall. It was hot one day, rain in the next. There were people surrounding them, mocking them, criticizing them, tearing them down, trying to make them discouraged. It wasn't perfect, but they continued to do the work because the mission of God was bigger than their personal issues, than their fears, than their doubts, than their misunderstandings. All of those things were secondary to the work that God wanted them to do. And it's important for us to know that the favor of God is still present in our lives today. It's still alive and active in our lives today. When you, when you look at your lives, the fact that you're alive today, that's the favor of God. The fact that you're where you are today is because of the favor of God. The fact that you haven't died when other folks did the same stuff that you and I did and who, who are who are no longer here, that's the favor of God. The fact that you can start a business, that's the favor of God. The fact that you haven't lost your mind yet after all that you've been through, that's God's favor on your life. The fact that People doubted you and you overcame whatever it is that you've gone through in your life. That's nothing but the favor of God. None of us deserve it. None of us were any better than anybody else. God just had favor on us. And so I want us to know that if we want to experience the favor of God, it only happens through a relationship with God. If we want God's favor, it comes from him. And the great thing about God's favor, God doesn't give us favor for us. He gives us favor So that his work can get done And God is calling each of us To be a part of the work that he's doing here on earth A part of the work that's going to build his kingdom That's going to encourage people That's going to win souls for Christ That's going to let people know, man, God still loves you So if you're not a part of that work already I would encourage you to seek a relationship with God If you have let go of that work If you've neglected that work God says, come on back The work is still there and I can still use you Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of the work that you're doing. God, I pray that you would continue to give us favor so that we can go out and build your kingdom. Lord, we pray this in your son Jesus name. Amen.